Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Body Podcast. In this week's episode, I had the absolute joy of interviewing a client that has become a very good friend of mine, Molly Satterthwaite. And we speak about, I actually had a whole list of questions prepared for this conversation, wanting to talk about London and food and our relationship with our mindsets, but the conversation kind of took a turn of its own in a really, really good way. And I I absolutely adore Molly. As you can tell, we get along really well in this podcast episode. And the thing with my clients is that I actually learn so much from them that they don't even realize. And obviously I'm there to guide them to solutions and to help them find out more about themselves and to create strategies around their mindset and their relationships with food and their bodies. But they just teach me so much because they remind me of how far I've come on my journey and they give me new experiences and new lessons that I can also teach and share with you as well. So enjoy this podcast episode. Um, Like I mentioned in the last week's episode, I'm actually hosting a free three-day challenge, which is all focused around mindset and giving you strategies on how to cope with when things feel really uncertain. So it's called the three-day take a moment challenge. And every single day for three days, I'm going to be taking you through a video training around like I said before, self-care mindset, taking care of yourself and just giving you the space to really take a moment. So I will leave the link in the show notes to join. It's totally free and I'm literally only hosting this just to give you support so that you can manage if you're feeling really anxious or stressed or overwhelmed. I'm, I'm going to give you some really good tools on how to you know, have that emotional intelligence to deal with those emotions and to really come through the end of this because it's going to end and we're going to get into the next phase soon feeling a lot more strong and resilient than you ever have before. So I would absolutely love for you to join me. You can win some prizes as well. All you need to do is sign up with your email address in the link below, and then you can get the confirmation email and make sure that you join the Facebook group because that is where all the trainings will be held. All right, let's get started with this episode with the beautiful Molly. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing so openly and honestly. It's been a pleasure working with you and I can't wait to see where things go. Hello and welcome back to the Peaceful Body Podcast. I am joined by one of my clients and now beautiful friends, none other than Molly. How are you, Molly? I'm good, thanks, Inez. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm so excited to have you to come on the podcast. Like you give me so much wisdom that you don't even probably realize how much you teach me as well. Um, And we've been coaching together for about how long? Four or five months? Yeah, I think we're just, we're nearing our fifth month together, which is so exciting. (laughs) And we've, we, we like kind of became Instagram friends, I guess, when you were living in London, which is really cool, which I'll touch back onto in a moment. And we're going to talk about all of your like travels and experiences and all that kind of thing. Um, But what I would love to know from you to kind of kick things off is obviously in the time that we're recording this, we may be facing like lockdown. I mean, I don't know you're from orange, so I don't know if orange is like that, but I want to know if you had to be trapped with one person, only one for two weeks and you could like, you'd be trapped in like a house who would be your like most ideal person to be trapped with. Oh my God, this is actually hilarious because I have one person in mind straight away and um, it would be my best friend, Ellie. I think if we were in lockdown together for two weeks, like it would be pretty rough. There could be some um, some moments of pure frustration with each other, but equally she would just make me laugh the whole time um, and I always have a good time with her. So I think it would be pretty hilarious. <laughs> Oh yeah, I actually knew as soon as I asked the question, I was like, yeah, because you always speak so highly of Ellie and you need yeah. someone that you can laugh with, honestly, in that situation. Yeah, and we just do like I think 
having friends that just make you laugh and just like literally make the time go by by so fast. They're like the best friends to have. And that would be her. Like it would just be hilarious. It would be so funny. (laughs) Oh, that is so good to have a friend like that. Like I feel like for me, I'm so attuned to like the time all the time. So to find people that like just help me let go of that is really precious. Yeah, definitely. I think having friends also that because I think sometimes I'm a really like wired person. I like to plan things and I like to have everything set in stone. And sometimes having a friend that's a complete opposite of that, um, it like brings out the best in you because they just show you like things that you want to be a bit more like. And yeah, I don't know. Ellie always makes me feel like I just need to relax a little bit more. And I love that. (laughs) I have a friend like that as well. And like, we have this like special voice that we always like talk to in each other, not all the time, but like if we're like impersonating something or making (laughs) each other like, you know, laugh or whatever, we'll speak to each other in that voice. And that always kind of like reminds me that like, it's important to be goofy and just to like do it for no other reason than to be funny. And I think sometimes it's so easy to forget that because we're like, got to meditate, got to go to the gym, got to do this. So good friend. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Love it. Um, okay, so let's get to know you a little bit. Who are you? Where are you from? What you're doing right now? What are you excited for? Give us give us a little bit of like a rundown of you. Yeah, so my name's Molly, obviously. Um I'm twenty-three. What do so, you have a name actually? No, I actually don't have a middle name. Oh no, my last name a oh, what, sorry? A nickname. Oh, a nickname. No, people just call me mole like m-o-double-l but sometimes I'm like oh it kind of sounds like m-o-l-e so (laughs) it's a bit awkward (laughs) yeah literally um but yeah so I live in Orange so well I don't live in Orange I live in a tiny town like 40 minutes from Orange so country New South Wales um I grew up here so yeah it's home for me Um, after high school, I went to uni in Bathurst, um, and I studied a bachelor of business management and PR. And, um, after university, I, I went through a little, like a bit of a shitty stage, I would call it. And, um, I went through a breakup and I was kind of just lost of what I wanted to do. And I didn't get any of the jobs that I had applied for, like graduate positions, so at the time, my friend Ellie, she was living in London and um, I thought, oh, maybe I should just like go over there and do some traveling for six months. Um, so long story short, I bought a one-way ticket to London. I lived and worked for two years over there. So I traveled, I got to over 17 countries. Um, and then I've been back now for, I think, around seven months um, which has been a whole new experience in itself. Um, and now I'm kind of just working and seeing where life goes for me. I'm just seeing what happens. Um, I did have plans to maybe move to the snow this, um, this winter and work a winter season. But obviously now with everything with the coronavirus, I don't actually know what's going to happen with that, but that's all right. Um, I'm just going to take it as it comes. Mm, yeah and I guess for the whole snow thing it's still in a couple of months so yeah it is yeah it's still in a couple of months I guess it just depends what happens yeah with this whole thing which is just crazy but that's all right I'm um it's funny because I think if you would have asked me that a couple of months ago I would have been like oh my god my plan is falling apart whereas now I'm like whatever like whatever happens happens and 
you know, if one thing doesn't work out, then another door will open. That is so cliche, but it's so oh, true. I love that. I love what you're saying as well. Cause I think sometimes people think that when you do like coaching or you're working on your mindset that like suddenly you, you like never face any challenges or like the goal yeah. is to become like really seamless with life. And it's like totally not about that. And that's actually mm. unrealistic to expect that it's actually about teaching you how to like have resilience so that you can bounce back from it and also not get so like anxious and worried when something doesn't work out because like now you do have so much more trust that like and I mean I think it's up in the air as well so it's kind of like I don't even know what's going to happen but it's such a nice feeling to be like you know a little bit disappointed but also to just have that kind of like faith that something else is going to come around in its own perfect timing. Yeah definitely I think and the thing is like life like literally life is going to happen and shit is going to like it's going to come up. I hope I'm, I'm allowed to swear. Sorry. I'm a bit of a trooper. No. Um, so like, I think like stuff is always going to come up. That's going to like ruin your plans. Um, and if I feel like I have been the person who, whenever something comes up, I'm just like break down and lose it. But like literally what is the point of that? Because like, you're not doing yourself any favors. Like you just need to take it, take it on the head. Like if, you want to be upset for a little while, be upset for a little while. But at some point you're going to just have to get on with it and move on and just be like, whatever, like the universe will provide me with whatever I need when the time's right. And you've just got to really trust in that, which I know can be hard, but the more you do it, like the more it just comes naturally to you, I think. Oh yeah. And it is a really like considered practice at first, but then once you keep doing it, obviously it gets easier. And it's like, at the end of the day, say if something doesn't go to plan and you have a huge breakdown about it. And like, sometimes you are going to, of course, but the thing is, is that I think for what I used to definitely be like this, you used to be like this as well, is that when any tiny thing used to go wrong, like even if I was running like a little bit late or, you know, a person canceled on me, it used to make me feel so bad about myself that I would be like stuck in this cloud for like the rest of the day, the rest of the week or whatever. And it, that doesn't actually like, you feel like you need to feel bad in order to like, I don't know, be worthy of like, I don't know, because you, you feel not worthy, right? Essentially. Whereas that doesn't actually help you to see the next step clearly, because when you're in that like really low vibration, all you can think about is the thing that went wrong versus if something goes wrong and you're like, oh, that's kind of, you know, an annoying, but you're like, let go and like trust. It doesn't mean that you just like don't do anything. It just means that you're like open to the next thing or whatever it is. That's what I said about yeah. on my Instagram, uh, like earlier on this week, like in this time where what we've been saying is such a wild time, it's like, yeah, you can freak out about it, but all that's going to help you to do is only focus on the one thing that's going on, on all the bad things that are going wrong. And you're going to get exhausted from running around like a headless chicken, not knowing what to do. Or you can still, you know, be informed, be smart, obviously wash your hands, but you can also do that with more of like a relaxed attitude and just like trusting that something it's going to change and it's going to get better. Yeah. I think it all comes down to like, when you live, like you either live in fear or you live in love and like whenever you live in fear. And I feel like in this day and age, the media just like makes us live in fear and like everything going on right now, I think. Obviously, like there is there is enough reason to be a little bit fearful and a little bit scared of, you know, this is pretty crazy. But at the end of the day, the media hypes everything up for you to feel guilty. Like when you turn on the news, you literally just, you can't, like your vibration just goes down straight away. And I think it's so important to remember that like the media kind of makes, I think uh, my belief is like the media makes money from making people fearful. And also like, yeah, I just think sometimes you just got to, make a little bit of a wall and just not let it affect you as much. 
Mm, yeah, that's something I talk about a lot actually is like anytime you're entering a situation where you feel nervous and this is obviously like requires a situation where you have the like foresight to be like, this is how I want to show up. I yeah, always yeah. imagine like putting a, um, like a force field bubble around me that I can like deflect any of the bad vibes. Um, or like with the news and this is something like I pretty much don't watch the news at all. And I just have like a few government sources that I like check in every couple of days because honestly, it's exactly what you said. The media really does make money off you having beliefs. So for example, they like, they make you believe that, um, it's really, really bad. So then you have to keep going back on there and back on there. And that means that they're like reach and their audience is bigger. And that means that they can sell more advertising basically is what it all comes down to. But a lot of people don't realize that at all. And it just makes then you are like, you become addicted to it because it's so addicting. Yeah, that is so true. And I love, I remember in like one of our first coaching sessions, you told me to like imagine myself in a bubble and kind of like reflect negative energy. Mm. And that has honestly helped me so much. Like if I'm ever in a social situation and someone's, you know, you know that how sometimes if you're in a social situation, there's those certain people that just like suck the energy out of you. Um, like when you just imagine that you're in a bubble and that no one else can affect your energy, um, it just, it's so, it's so amazing that just that little visual visualization can do for you. Mm, yeah. It's, it's honestly the little things. Like sometimes we think we have to have these huge breakthroughs or like change, you know, quit my job and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes it's like the really life changing things are the things that are just so small that you can do day to day. Like yeah. imagining you're in a bubble and something my, I went to see my psych yesterday and she was like, just imagine yourself wrapped in purple because apparently purple is a really common color. So oh my God. We put ourselves in purple bubbles. <laughs> yeah, let's all do it. <laughs> um, so moving on, I want to ask about your whole experience with London. But actually, I think it'd be really interesting if you could give us kind of like a reflection of what it was like to grow up in, would you say, is it rural Australia where you grew up or like how would you describe it? I would say it is rural. Well, I don't know because I've I've never really... Obviously, like going to London, it was like the big smoke. It was like a massive city. But the main difference I could say is that there's just so many more opportunities um, in a city. And I think growing up in rural Australia, like we just did lots of like fun stuff. We made our own fun, I would say. Whereas now, like when I was in London, I would see like high school students and stuff, you know, in the shopping centres or going to the cinema or like, kind of like running rampage on the streets. Um, so I feel like being in the country growing up, it was just a lot more like being outside and being out in the fresh air and doing like really adventurous stuff. Um, so I would say that that's, that's what it was like. It was always lots of fun. And I think growing up, like when we were in high school, people would always be like, oh, Orange is such a crappy town. Like can't wait to get out of here. Um, but moving, like going overseas makes you appreciate it so much more. And like, I love being here and I love being out in the open and having space. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that was like the major difference and what it was like to grow up here. It was just really wholesome, I would say. Mm. And what, what was your, like, what's your favorite, I guess, like what I would love to know is, do you feel like, you know, everyone well? And like when you're walking, I don't know, do you, I guess you don't really like walk down the streets cause I'm assuming your properties are quite far away from each other, but it, do you have, is there quite a commu- sense of community there? And is that good or bad or does it have like a, its pros and cons? No. So, well, I've never lived, like I've never lived on um property or anything. So I've right. always lived in a, in a town. 
So um, like I said before, so I grew up in a small town outside of Orange. So I didn't even know what the population of that was, but it was like such a community feel. Like you walk down the street, you say hello to every single person you pass. If you don't, you're kind of a snob. Um, And it was so nice, but equally as I was getting older, it was like, oh, everyone kind of knows your business or knows what's happening. Or, you know, if you had a family issue, people are going to know about that. Um, which could was hard sometimes. Um, but then in Orange, which is, I mean, it's classified as a small city. Um, I felt like before I went overseas, it was kind of like you knew everyone. But now I'm that little bit older. If we ever go out to like the pub or anything, me and my friends are like, oh my God, I don't know any of these people because it's like all the fresh 18-year-olds. Um, so, yeah, I feel like you know a lot, you know lots of people in your age group, but then it kind of drops off, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess because as people grow up and they like leave to go elsewhere and yeah. Yeah, but then obviously like when I was in London, like you don't know anyone, like you're just walking around thousands of people and you're like, I did not know anyone. It's, it was, it was a massive, um, a massive difference, but it's funny because I never actually noticed it while I was there. It's more upon reflection. Do I actually notice like, holy shit, I really went from one end of the scale to the other. Yeah. From like a small town outside of orange to London, which is just like, like even just like, if you're looking at it, London is just like concrete. There's like barely any, you know, actual like nature and you can obviously drive out, but like day to day, you're basically just in like this concrete jungle. Yeah, the one good thing about London, though, is it has heaps and heaps of, like, parks Mm. and um, they call them commons, so it's, like, a big area within a community um, that's, like, grass and, you know, some places have, like, kind of, like, forest vibes and then there's other places that have, like, different animals and stuff. So that is one good thing. It felt like it was a bit of an escape. Um, But, yeah, it was lucky in that regard because I did utilise that a lot. Mm, yeah it's so important to be around mother earth I'm especially now I'm feeling that yeah absolutely like I think yeah nature is one thing that grounds me so much and I live in the most amazing like I'm literally looking out out the window right now I live in the most amazing area like our house backs onto a river and it's like it's just like a jungle my backyard and I wake up every morning to the birds chirping and it's just so freaking nice and yeah, that's one thing that doesn't make make me miss the hustle and bustle of the city. Mm, yeah, I mean, like, but, yeah, well, like constantly stuff happening as well. Yeah, yeah, but equally, I loved that lifestyle yeah. as well. So it's cool that I have like two things that I love, and it's awesome that I didn't hate one and like resent the other. Do you know what I mean? It's nice that I just appreciate both. Oh, a hundred percent. And this is something I've been talking to a lot of people about about recently is that humans in our nature are like dual beings in the sense that like we need light to know that there's dark and we need the moon, like we need the moon and we need to know the sun, like without one or the other, we can't really tell if, and, and this is something my mum used to always say to me, like when we would go on holidays and I'd be like, can't we just live on holidays forever? And she was like, but it doesn't feel as nice if you don't work. And it's so true. Right. So it's like, you, you didn't realize like the what where you lived in without another frame of reference and then when you moved to London you were like oh I I miss this about my hometown and this is what I actually appreciate and it actually just helps to give you that like foundation to reflect yeah yeah absolutely it's something something you said to me the other day was it's like the I think you said it was something like the polarity of like emotions like 
sometimes I feel like there's this part of me that's so empowered and like this strong, independent woman. And then other times I feel like there's this little girl who's scared and just wants to be loved. And it's like, without having either of those, neither of them would actually make me feel the way they do. If that makes sense. Like, um, yeah, it's just like the polarity of things. Yeah. The polarity. That's exactly it. Like we actually need that. And I think it's just because we haven't like being confident is of, it's a great, it feels great. You know, when you feel strong in yourself and you're like, you're just feeling it, whatever. And it's amazing. And also we see in like society, people getting rewarded for that, getting promoted, getting, you know, relationships. Whereas like, we're not really taught how to deal with our negative emotions, but even further than that, we're not actually taught that it's okay to feel those emotions. So then on top of feeling already crappy about yourself, whether it be like because of something, or maybe you're just not having a good day. We also then feel this shame for like, well, why can't I be more confident? Why can't I just deal with my emotions? And it's like, well, no one's ever taught you. And also it's part of the human experience regardless. So I'm really, this is like something that I'm really big into at the moment. It's just like releasing the shame and the guilt around feeling like, I guess, more negative or or we call it like the shadow side as well. Like that feeling just like a little bit less secure, I suppose, because that's normal too. Yeah. And like without, without having a shadow side, like you wouldn't know what it felt like to be empowered. I don't think like without having a shadow side, you wouldn't feel like really excited and strong and independent. Like you, that would just be normal. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, like having that shadow side and having past experiences makes you really appreciate and really embody that empowered person. Yeah, exactly. And strength is not just about like being able to maintain a certain um, level. It's actually about like how high can you go and how low can you go? It's like, what's your range? Having a big range, that's a key measure of like strength and resilience and having a good mindset. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so true, isn't it? So you had this breakup before you went to London and then you were feeling like not in a good place. What? And then you went, moved to London. What did you feel like? Do you feel like that helped you heal from your breakup, this moving to London as well? Yeah, well, so I had a breakup and then I kind of was um, at home for like a year, but it was just really hard, like being in a small town to kind of, move on from the breakup and distance yourself from the breakup and equally during during that relationship I was suffering a lot with my anxiety um and a little bit of you know feeling a bit depressed and I think moving away like let me kind of transform into the person that I really wanted to be and the person that I honestly I felt like I already was within but I couldn't like I couldn't step into her being home. So I think moving away to London gave me, basically it just gave me a new clean slate. Like I could be whoever I wanted to be. Nobody had any preconceived like ideas of who I was as a person. Um, and that was so refreshing because I know like sometimes when you're growing up and you do, you make mistakes, like everybody makes mistakes, but sometimes it's hard to distance yourself from those mistakes when you're like, around the same people all the time and you're not having much change. So I think moving away was the change that I needed to become who I wanted to be, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just thinking like for me, for any kind of experience that I've had that's really helped to foster my growth, 
there's always been some sort of change in my environment, like whether it's been moving place of work or moving friendship circles or just like even moving out to my new place. Um, and obviously like I've done travels, but I've never moved anywhere. So I can imagine, cause when you, when I moved out, for example, it was this real ability for me to like cut the cords to like what my parents expected me to be, what my parents thought from my childhood. And not that it was necessarily like bad things, but more just that there was kind of this, um, a glass ceiling, I guess, put on me by my parents' expectations. And I always found it really hard to like grow into the version of me that I truly wanted with kind of someone watching over me the whole time. So what was like the best parts of London for you? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, there's so many, but I think, um, moving to London and just like not having any, anyone that I owed anything to, like, I didn't have to hang out with friends on the weekend and I didn't, I didn't have to do anything. Like I could literally just do what I wanted. I was my own free being. Like if I wanted to lay in bed all day and watch Netflix, I would, if I wanted to go out and party, I would, I love a good party. Um, (laughs) And um, sorry, excuse me. I think the best thing that like, the highlight of my time was I went on a meditation retreat Mm. and I just, I met these people and I was like at my home, like at home in Australia. Yes. I had these friends that I could connect to on a spiritual level, but it it just, it wasn't the same as these girls that I met and, and guys, um, these guys and girls that I met on this meditation retreat, it just like opened my mind and I was like, Holy shit. Like, I just stepped into this more spiritual side of myself while I was overseas. And I think it was something that I always had within me. Like I was always, I, th- I think I always felt like my intuition and I was always connected to like the universe and had that um, passion, but I never fully embraced it and embodied it because I felt like it would have been a little bit like judged on. So when I was in London, I felt like I could just step into, step into that person and, just fully embody it and embrace it and delve into my spirituality without anybody judging me um, or if they were judging me, judging me from afar, if that makes sense. Um, and also just being in London, like meeting new people from all walks of life. I met the most amazing people. I made like incredible friends and yeah, I just learned so much and just was enriched with like so much culture and yeah, it was just incredible. Mm, I love that. And I can so relate to that feeling of like, I guess even like with my own like spiritual journey of feeling like I was getting really into it because I had suffered with anxiety and I was suffering with insomnia. And it was really like, and I would go to my doctor and she would be like, I don't know, she just didn't really give me any like helpful advice at the time. And so I was like, I'm taking matters into my own hands. And I actually started listening to like the Melissa Ambrosini show. And she, do you know Melissa Ambrosini? Yeah. Yeah. She had like a lot of like spiritual leaders, spiritual teachers, whatever I'm trying to say, um, come on the podcast. And I would just listen to all of these people and then like do my own research and read all of these books. And I started reading like Eckhart Tolle and like um, The Untethered Soul and like all of these amazing books. And I remember always being like, I'm really into this, but I was also really nervous about it too. And I was really like, my dad would always be like, oh, watch out. Like you're going to go too crazy. And like, you that again this is why I had to move out from my parents house because obviously my dad wasn't saying that for like 
because he didn't care because he was like shunning me. He was saying that because he did care, but that's really holding me back from growing into the person that I truly am. And this is why it's so important that you expose yourself to different people that have different beliefs, different backgrounds, different whatever, because otherwise if you stay stuck in your little comfortable circle of friends, which is also good to have, and you can do that sometimes, but it then makes you believe that some of the things that you're thinking outside of the general consensus is a a bit weird and then it stops you from being able to like flourish as the fullest version of yourself and literally obviously like I'm all about coaching and going to the psychologist and you know spiritual teachers and that kind of thing all about it but sometimes you literally just need a random person that you can totally relate to and that is like one of the most therapeutic things ever yeah absolutely I think um so so yeah basically I went through the breakup and then I had a year before I moved to London. Um, I was still, I was in my last year of university and then I graduated. But so just after the breakup, I actually went to Canada for a month and visited oh. my best friend, Ellie, that I previously mentioned. Ellie should just be an icon in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I went over, yeah, special mention. Um, so I went to Canada to visit Ellie and I was traveling around and I actually took the book, The Power of Now by yeah or told however you want to pronounce it um and I remember I started reading it and I was like oh my god like it was literally like my mind was just like fucking like poof like yeah. it was just like I was like I can so what relate is this I was like what is this revelation like how have I not known this and so then we came back to Australia and we went on a family holiday Ellie's family and my family and I remember laying on the beach And I just kept reading. I could not put this book down. And I was like, I would read, if anyone hasn't read um, The Power of Now, you definitely should, but it is very full on. Like It's heavy. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to reread the same paragraph like four times to understand the concept. It's like really like philosophical. Yeah. Yeah, it's really intense. So I I would be laying on the beach and I would read a paragraph that I really like resonated with and then I would write it down and then I would try and explain to Ellie what it was saying and all these things like I just had so many epiphanies um reading that book and that book really opened me up to everything that I live by now but during that time before I went overseas yeah I delved into it a little bit and I would like start writing like little Instagram captions that would like reflect how I was feeling but I didn't feel confident enough to like express fully like my learnings and stuff because I felt like people around around me would kind of judge me and be like, wow, like she's someone who loves to party. How can she be so like spiritual? Like, do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, so going to London really gave me that confidence and not even confidence, like it was just more like, Fuck it. like uh, yeah like yeah and like I just didn't I just kind of went and I was like you know what like I'm not gonna hold back anymore like I'm just gonna be whoever I want to be and I can be that like I don't have to like is it conform or like I don't have to be in, in line with what everyone else expects of me if that makes sense Mm, oh my God. I preach sister. I so, so know what you mean. It's it's like being a bit of a journey for me as well. Like being a personal trainer and wanting to go out and party, I always felt so guilty for it because I was like, oh, am I not meant to be like the you know pinnacle of health? 
And same with being spiritual for a while. I was like, well, maybe I should stop drinking coffee and like, you know, not have any like things in my body that change me. And it's like, you know what, if it doesn't feel aligned for you, then you actually don't have to squish yourself into a box and you get to be both. Like you get to be into spirituality and meditating, but you also get to go out and party if that's what feels right for you. And the only reason that we feel guilty about doing that is not necessarily because it, I mean, it might be because someone's told you that before and you're trying to put it into a box, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. Right? So if you, it's all about giving yourself the permission and allowing yourself to just be both and not feel like one cancels out the other because it doesn't have to, like you get to make the rules and the own, like the way that you can make the rules is really by owning it. And when you're really confident in being like, yes, I do this and this, and you mix two things that aren't commonly mixed together. Some people will react to that and they don't respond well to it, but then you'll also find people that respond really well to it. And that's how you start to like call in people that are actually really similar to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so, I feel like I was someone before our coaching, I was someone who was like black or white, like all or nothing. And not even that I was that, I thought that I had to be that. So yeah. I thought that if I, if I was using all that, like if I was trying to use natural skincare, everything needs to be natural. Like I can't have something with a chemical in it. And then you said to me, you were like, Molly, like, we are so lucky that we, you literally said exactly these words. You're like, we are so lucky that we can take advantage of Western medicine and like natural remedies. Like or something. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, like embrace that, like embody that. And like, yeah, just don't feel like you have to be one or the other. Like, I think it's so awesome that we get to delve into so many different things in our life. And like, why not? Like you're only going to live once. Like, do everything that you want to do. Like if you want to try and eat like um, wholesome foods and stuff, that's fine. But equally, if you want to go out and drink on the weekend, why not? Like just do it. Yeah. I think it's like this martyrdom feeling where we're like, we have to suffer in order to like get our goal. And we're always overcomplicating things because so often if we really think about it, there's actually an easier way to get to our goal. And it either comes down to us thinking that we have to like really suffer in order to earn it, or we are trying to make it happen faster than it should. And so in either way, it's kind of like, how can I be kinder to myself? And how can I be patient to myself? Honestly, any goal, and I'm sure whoever's listening to this has a goal that they're thinking about. If you just ask yourself, how can I be kinder to myself? And how can I be more patient? It, you're making it easier for yourself and you're able to kind of like un detach a little bit more from it, which helps coming back to what we were saying right at the start about just being more relaxed. Then you get to enjoy the journey. Yeah, actually. So me and my friend Gabby, the other day, um, I went to Melbourne to visit her. We went on a bushwalk. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. We went on this bushwalk and we were like walking and we just started laughing because we were just like, Oh my God. Like, how simple is life? Like when you yeah. think about it, simple, like life is actually so fucking simple. And we were just like looking at each other, just like cracking up because we were like, this is actually ridiculous how difficult we make life for ourselves. Like at the end of the day, life, like you just got to do what makes you happy. Like that is the crux of it. Like that is life. Just do what makes you happy. Yes. And you know what I've been thinking about? Oh, I think about this constantly, how... We, and I, I do this when I like go out to coffee and I go to, oh, oh, I didn't even know I had messages on my phone. <laughs> oh my God, that's so weird. I'm just going to cancel that. Wow. That's like a new thing. Um, oh, what the hell? Oh my God. Now I can't get rid of it. Ding. <laughs> oh my God. I like never had this happen before. 
Okay. So random. Um, yeah. So I was thinking, I always like when I go out to coffee, especially in like a busy area. So I live right near Newtown in Sydney. And if you're on like the main street, which I can't even remember what it's called now, but whatever. And you sit there and you like watch all of these people crossing the road and going to the shops and meeting up and dogs walking and the, you know, the buses going past. And like, I just think all these people are so busy and they look so focused and they have so many things to do. And it just baffles me how we have created this whole structure, this whole like society, that this economy, and yet we literally have no idea how humans came to be. Like I just, I just don't, I don't understand (laughs) it. Like I get so baffled by it and it makes me like feel so confused how we've created so many things basically based off no nothing, no foundation really. Like none of us actually know how we came to be. And then, uh, and then also like, we also don't know what happens to us when we die. So it's like, we are put under all these kind of boxes, all this pressure based off literally nothing. Like there is no proof of how we really, you know, obviously there's like theories of how we came to be, but like our, this whole idea of like having a purpose is so futile because no one can prove what it is. No one knows where we came from or where we're going to go. So we may as well follow what lights us up. And this is what I've been really passionately speaking about a lot because, and, and doing it without it necessarily making sense because at the end of the day, life doesn't even make sense because we don't know. We just don't know. So it's exactly what you said. You do have to just like have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And I, I hate when you start like thinking about how did I come here? Like how did someone call an egg? an egg like you literally just think like gosh it's just crazy isn't it I'm one of those people if I start thinking about that I'm like whoa can't go down that rabbit hole see ya yeah definitely I get really overwhelmed when I think about like space and like how small I am and like how many other planets I could be and I'm like whoa yeah I know crazy 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 Oh, it's absolutely overwhelming. Um, and I know when you went to London, you went to the, this is just like a really random thing, but I remember when we had just started following each other, you went to like the self-love week. Was that good? Oh my God. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. This is so terrible. I've completely blanked out of what the lady's name is. Who runs Mel. it? Mel. Mel Wells. Mel, oh my yeah. gosh. Everyone. Yes. Mel Wells. She's an author. Um, and she wrote the book, The Goddess Revolution. So when I was um, when I was living in London, I started suffering a lot, like with my body image and like binge eating, um, and that. So I read the Goddess Revolution from Mel Wells, and then that's actually how I found Inez because I was just really suffering, and I found your podcast, and oh my god, I literally binge listened to every single podcast, and there were so many things that you would talk about, and I'd be like, holy shit. I'm not the only one, like someone else feels that way. Um, Anyway, and so Mel Wells holds this um, annual, I think it's annual, um, it's kind of like a, yeah, it's a self-love day. It's like all guest speakers and people come to those and talk and you meet people and it's just such a vibe. And, um, yeah, so I went to that and it was just incredible. I think... I think I'm someone who really benefits from like attending, um, I don't know, what do you call those events? Like in, empowering events yeah. or like, yeah, self-development things. Like I'm yeah, someone who really, yeah, I'm really, I really um, thrive when I just go to one of those every couple of months and it kind of gives you a whole new level of like inspiration and it refreshes you. It's kind of like an energy booster or something mm-hmm. I would say. Like it's like you recharge your batteries. Um, and I feel like with coaching with you, I have that, like every, every fortnight we have a call 
I can contact you whenever I want. So it's like, I'm, I'm an even more of a high now, but yeah, I went to this self-love event and it was just, it was just amazing. Like all these women in the same room who obviously have different experiences with loving their body or, um, eating, eating habits. Um, and it was just amazing for everyone to be in one room and to realize that, you know, that there is an issue and people don't speak about it and people need to speak about it more. And it was just so empowering to be in this room full of women who all clearly felt the same way in some way. Um, and it just makes you feel so connected. Yeah. It was so incredible. Yeah. And that connection feeling is literally so powerful and people don't realize. And I know a lot of clients come to me and they're like, Oh, I really want to go to this event or, you know, I really want to sign up to this other thing. And they feel really nervous about it because we can have this kind of thought of like, Oh, well maybe it won't help that much. Or, you know, I've already done some reading or I listened to podcasts and it hasn't helped that much. But honestly, there is a certain kind of magic just from being in a room of women or, you know, men as well that, you know, have like feel the same way as you. And it's just very like validating and it makes you feel very safe. Yeah. So I'd love to know then, obviously we've done a lot of work around your relationship with food. So do you want to give us like a little bit of a, a history with that and where you, you were at? Obviously you mentioned in London, you were in, in dark days with binge eating to yeah. now and how far you've come and yeah. Yeah. So I feel like um, throughout high school, maybe like year 11 and 12, thing like I started having different thoughts about food or like what should I be eating and just stuff like that um and then throughout uni it was kind of similar I would just sometimes I would eat things and I would feel really really guilty um but it was never it was never like a big issue um but then when I moved to London this is this is the other side of living overseas that people don't talk about is sometimes you feel really really lonely and you know amidst all the joy and the the experience that you're having sometimes you just yeah, you just feel a bit lonely. And I found that when that loneliness kicked in, um, I started turning to food and I, I just started creating all these rules in my head. And it's just like I was a, I can't even explain it. I can't even see it clearly. Like it's just like a big blur to me, but I started eating every day. Like I would just like eat, like eat this stuff that just wasn't, wasn't contributing to me at all um and obviously I just said before that's when I found Inez's um, podcast and Instagram and I started following you and I remember one day I was feeling so upset about it and I was just like is this ever going to stop like I just don't even want to think about food I just like I just want to eat and I just I just can't like I just can't see this happening for me um and I reached out to you I remember I sent you an Instagram message or something or other or maybe you reached out to me or something. I don't know. Anyway, and we started talking and I remember you sent me these voice notes and I was like, oh my God, like everything you were saying, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then every, every week or whenever you would let out a podcast, I'd listen to it and I'd be like, yes, yes. And I don't know, at that point in time, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to invest in myself. I, to be honest, I didn't see the, I didn't, I was more like, oh no, I'm not spending my money on that. Like, I don't want to invest in myself, but basically I didn't want to invest. Yeah. Um, and I, I was seeing a psychologist or like a therapist at the time who I would talk to about other things 
And I don't know, sometimes I just leave her office feeling sad because I feel like, oh, I have all these problems. Like it wasn't really empowering. Anyway, it was nearing to my time to come home and I just had in my mind and lots of my friends that I did confide in, they said to me, I think when you come home, things will get better. Like I think a lot of it is to do with you being isolated and being overseas and just being a bit lonely. So I came home and lo and behold, for a few weeks, everything was fine. I wasn't really thinking about food. I was just eating and, you know, I was just going with the flow. But then as time went on and the excitement of being home kind of faded out, I started noticing again my like obsessive thoughts and like putting labels on things and things being good or bad. And I wasn't necessarily like binge eating or overeating anymore, but those thoughts were still there. And that's when I saw that you had like a sale on your power hour. And that's when I was like, fuck this. I'm not going back to feeling shit about it. Like I am ready to invest. Like I don't want this to hold me back anymore. So I invested. We did the power hour. I was like, oh my God, sign me up. (laughs) And then I remember I was a little bit like, I was a little bit, my ego was like, oh, you don't need it. Like it's, you know, you could spend your money on other things, but I just knew, I was like, I do not want this to be something that I have to deal with for the next year. Like I need to hit this nail on the head. So we started our coaching and now I'm at like the best place I've ever been with food. Like it makes me so happy. And it's so crazy because like I literally just don't, at the moment, I just don't even think about what I'm eating. And at the start, to be honest, I probably, you know, overindulged a little bit on chocolate and things. But the one thing you always said to me was that like, when you just allow yourself to eat what you want, eventually food loses its power and it's not as appealing to you. You're like, well, I can have that Cadbury chocolate tomorrow night and the night after and the night after that. I don't need to eat it all now in this moment. So that's where I'm at. Like at the moment, um, like I've got those, Mar- have you had these, those Mars bar ice creams? No. Oh my God, girl, go get them. So yeah. I've got some of them sitting in the freezer um, and there's still two left. Like I haven't eaten a whole box. Usually I would have eaten a whole box. So that's where I am at the moment with my eating. And I feel like I'm definitely still on um like still on the journey and I'm probably going to be on the journey for a while, but yeah, I'm definitely in the best place I've ever been with food. And that's thanks to you. Oh, and you too. We're a dream team. As I always say, like obviously coaching takes two to tango and you know, I have, I do have like a huge um, toolbox, I suppose that I can offer you, but can only lead a horse to water. You can't force it to drink. And also I want to say thanks for sharing your experience of investing in coaching because it really is like that. And in our society, it's so not normal. Like my parents didn't go and have coaches ever. So I never saw that as like an example for a normal thing to do, but I did see lots of people go to uni and, you know, spend tens of thousands of dollars on degrees that then we don't even really use that much. Like it's just, yeah, it's really just, again, about exposing yourself to other people that are getting coaching and seeing the results or seeing that it's actually mm. normal to do that. Um, because yeah. it's so normal to have that feeling. I definitely have had that before I've invested into something like, do I really need it? Like, will I really learn something? And it's so normal to have those thoughts. But again, it's coming back to like what your body is saying to you. And if it feels expansive and it feels exciting, Sometimes it's not logical and you just have to like figure out a way to make it work. And now Molly's always like, yep, sign me up. Like I'm, I'm here, I'm ready. And I'm like, and it's so cool to see that growth in you too. 
Yeah. And I think like it's important, like for anyone who's thinking about getting coaching, like whether it's with you or someone else, like for me and you, we don't actually really talk about food. Like, yeah, I signed up with you thinking that I'm going to heal my relationship with food, but like we literally talk about so freaking much. Like we talk about boys, we talk about dating, (laughs) we talk about, we talk about money, we talk about bloody everything. Like my like thoughts that come into my head and I don't know. Like, I just think it's, it's, it's when you have a coach, like you're not investing in healing your relationship with food. You're investing in like up leveling your whole entire Mm. life. Like it's not just, I think what I've learned is definitely like everything's intertwined in life and um, healing my relationship with food has actually been healing a lot of other things that I've had going on. Mm, Because it's never just about the food. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. They're like, oh, well, I just need to have better willpower or I just need to not buy those snacks. And it's like, just avoiding something or blaming something else, like it's going to manifest in another way. You might start then like restricting or excessively exercising or, you know, and I feel like a lot of people now when they're like self-isolating, especially in Sydney, like people are at home more and it's like becoming really apparent they're like issues with food. And it's like, wow, now you really have to face it because avoiding the problem is not healing the problem at all. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so wild how there are so many different topics. And I think because when you're stressed about food, coming back to this whole like stress analogy, mm. all you can think about is food. And so mm-hmm. everything else becomes blurry. Whereas when you start to like loosen your grip around food, suddenly the world literally becomes more colorful. Like you're like, oh, okay, actually maybe I do want to talk to this person or I want to put myself out there for this job or I want to start, you know, like you can hear people's, like I remember when I stopped like started healing my relationship with food and stopped like dieting all the time I started to be able to like hear people's voices better like I just you do you know what I mean yeah it's like sometimes it's like literally what you focus on will manifest like yeah. if you're just focusing on your food you just get in this like black hole of food and it's like sometimes you just need to stay take a step back get outside get some fresh air take a few deep breaths and just realize that the whole world does not revolve around food or the whole world does not revolve around the problem that you are having right now. Like there's a whole world out there and you focusing on this one little issue isn't doing any favors to yourself. Yeah, literally. And so like sometimes it's just like, you just got to give yourself some tough love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's got to be a balance with that for sure. I know what you mean. Yeah. And so what advice would you then give to your younger self? Oh, so I was actually, I was actually thinking the other day when I was younger, um, I was someone who was always really like, oh my God, boys, I've got a boyfriend. Woohoo. And I think whenever I had a boyfriend, when I was younger, I would literally contribute all my time to my boyfriend and I would forget that my friends existed and I'd be like, and then like, if the relationship would end, I'd be like, oh, I'm lost. And I remember once my best friend, Ellie, Mention again. She <laughs> said to me, Molly, when you were in that relationship, you never, like, you didn't want to hang out with me. And I don't appreciate that. That doesn't make me feel good. And it just, like, I was like, that is actually so true. Like, I think so often, um, sometimes when we're younger, we get a little bit caught up with, um, you know, having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And um, sometimes you forget that your friends are around. So, my advice to my younger self would be, like, spend more time with your girlfriends, have lots of fun with your girlfriends. Um, and also just don't focus on <clears throat> like, sometimes I think you, I would focus on like what I looked like and like, I would focus so hard that 
I just would like not experience things that are around me. And I think something to tell my younger self would be like, everyone is concerned with themselves. Like not everyone's looking at you. Like everyone's probably more worried about themselves. So just like free yourself from that draining, draining cycle and just like live in the moment and just be young and enjoy whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. I'm so obsessed with that. And that's exactly what we were just saying. Like when you're so focused on like, oh my God, I've got this boyfriend and I have to make sure he's happy and I've got to spend all the time with him or, oh my God, I'm so worried about my body. And it becomes all you focus on and then you can open the things that you're worried about. So that's why I relax and then you can see the full picture. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's like you get tunnel vision. That's what I was looking for before. Tunnel vision. (laughs) Yeah. With stress, you get tunnel vision and not being stressed doesn't like being relaxed doesn't mean that you suddenly become a blob. Being relaxed means that you look at the whole picture and you take considered action. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. I'm going to wrap things up um, with some rapid fire questions. You ready for these last three? Yeah. Hit me up girl. Hit me up. (laughs) Okay. First question. (laughs) What's your favorite food? Oh, absolutely. So pizza and gelato. Yum. What in Italy? Oh, shit, girl. Uh, mm, Pistachio, chocolate or hazelnut? Sorry, (laughs) can't name one. (laughs) I love that. I think, have you had the pistachio praline from Messina? No, well, sorry, we don't we don't have Messina out here, girl. (laughs) I need to come and visit me. I know, I actually haven't. I don't even know if I've ever had Messina. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like in the most inconvenient places. Like it's yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, insular, but yeah. anyway, I'll, I'll buy you some when you come up. Thank you. <laughs> um, what is something that you're working on within yourself at the moment? Um, I think something that I'm working on within myself at the moment is like going more with the flow. So like just imagining, I like to imagine like the ocean or something, how it just like like it just does its thing so I'm trying to be more like that I'm trying to just go with the flow um and then also recognizing my worth and always going with the option that makes me feel vulnerable and uncomfortable because I know that that is the option that is going to provide the most growth like the most um room for growth and expansion Mm, I love that and I feel like a lot of the work we've been doing recently has been like letting go of the people pleasing and taking yeah. care of yourself. And that's been, yeah. vulnerable. that has felt very exposing for you, which is so, yeah. and I can, I can totally relate, but it's so interesting how taking care of ourselves and working on our worth makes us feel vulnerable. Cause sometimes it's yeah. not, a, it's not about necessarily like opening yourself up to people. It's just about how you treat yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just think, Oh yeah. You just, you're never going to grow doing the things that you've always done. Mm-hmm. Like, don't we know yeah. it? Yeah, girl. <laughs> um, and last question is, what does it mean to you to have a peaceful body? I think a peaceful body is like one that is loved, supported and nourished with ease. Oh. Like it's just, it just comes and it just flows. Nourished is one of my like favorite words and with ease, beautiful. Yeah. And I think like the word nourished, it's not always healthy food or, you know, wholesome food. Like nourished is things that make you feel good as well. Yes. And that's why I like using the word nourished instead of like, I don't know, feeling like full or hungry, like just be nourished because I think it's so much more like well-rounded. Yeah, absolutely. 
Love that. And if people want to like, I don't know, follow you or something, do you want to share your Yeah. Well, I have two Instagrams. One's more like, one is something that I just do every now and then and I like to share my learnings on it. So that is, well, my long na- my last name's really long, guys, but it's Molly Satterthwaite Mindfulness. Um, I'll, I'll so, yeah. Yeah, my long my last name is so long, hence why my mum didn't give me a middle name. <laughs> oh, oh, got it. Well, my middle name, I'm literally Inez Maybai, so I needed the middle oh, name. Oh, that's so sweet. I love, I love your name. Oh, thanks. Yes. I love Molly so as well. I oh, actually wanted to call our cat Molly, but my dad wanted us to call her Millie, so. Oh, just, yeah, when I was growing up, my um, the neighbour across the road had a dog called Molly and one day she was yelling at the dog and I like peeked out the front door like, are you yelling at me? <laughs> just like, hey, <laughs> I'm here. Oh my God, I love that. Oh, uh, this chat was so good. I literally was just looking through all of the questions I had written down. We spoke about maybe one of them. Yeah. And I love that. It's just like you yeah. said, like the ocean, going with the flow wherever it may lead us. Yeah, literally. So true. Hey. Epic. Oh, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. If anything of what Molly resonated with you, if you've been looking for someone to really help you upgrade your mindset, become more resilient and more confident in and outside of your skin, not that you're ever going to be outside of your skin, but what I mean, you want to build confidence within yourself and to be able to feel confident on what's on the outside. You want to heal your relationship with food and you also want to see how healing your relationship with food will help you to up level in all areas of your life. Then you can inquire about one-on-one mentoring with me. I only take on a few um mentoring sessions or mentoring uh, spots, <laughs> mentoring clients on per month, because I really want to make sure that I can shower each of you with attention. So what you can do is click on the link in the show notes. It's inezbyfitness.com forward slash mentoring. And you can have a little look to see um, some more details about it. And then you can inquire by clicking the button to inquire and you will be able to book in a free 15 minute consult with me where we will go through your goals, what you're struggling with at the moment. And honestly, even if you don't sign up for the call, like even if or for the mentoring and I'll be really honest with it as well you know if I don't think you're a perfect fit or I don't think that we're gonna be able to achieve your goals and I'll let you know and I'll also refer you to someone who I do think can really help you but even just that 15 minute call is going to give you some real clarity and some strategies on to how to move forwards and progress and sometimes that's all you need is an external person to tell you hey you're doing well but here are some other things that you can also do as well And sometimes you really need that external person to be someone that you have no relationship to at all because then they can really remove their own biases from it and give you that fresh perspective that you really need and that is so helpful. And I have seen help so like hundreds of the clients that I have worked with over the years to up-level their mindsets, their relationship with food, their relationship with exercise and transform their bodies. But also in my own journey, I've spoken very openly on here about having therapists, coaches, different mentors as well. And that's really what has helped me to get so far ahead in such a short period of time. So like I said, you can click the inquire button on my website and then you can book in for a free 15 minute call where we'll just have a chat and then talk about what your best options are and go from there. So I'm really excited to hear from you and I hope you enjoyed this episode and I am coming out with plenty more juicy episodes as well. So thank you for being here and being part of my Peaceful Body fam. 